You're listening to the King's Church Podcast. Visit us online at kingswisbeach.org.uk. John chapter 15. We've taken a series looking at the I am sayings of Jesus and uh, we come to the last in this series and John 15 and it's the picture that Jesus uses when he says I am the vine and you are the branches. Let me read just a few of the verses beginning at verse 1. Jesus to his disciples says I am the true vine and my father is the gardener He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes or cleans so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches if a man remains in me and I in him he will bear much fruit apart from me you can do nothing if anyone does not remain in me he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers such branches are picked up thrown into the fire and burned if you remain in me and my words remain in you ask whatever you wish and it will be given you This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. If we understand the picture language that Jesus is using, I think for most of us, it's quite a simple and clear illustration. He is the vine, we are the branches. I'm amazed how people can misinterpret scripture, how they can take their own ideas and make scripture fit it. When I was uh, researching this verse, just to see what other commentators say, I was surprised to learn that in some sectors of the Christian church, they say the vine is the church, and the members of the church are like the branches. That has led to some very wrong thinking, and recently we've had some believers' baptisms, where we say a person enters into relationship with God through a repentance faith and uh, demonstrated in water baptism. But in some circles, they say that if a, if a baby is christened, it comes into the church. And if you're part of the church, then that's okay. We don't agree with that. We say Jesus is the vine, And you have to be joined to Jesus, not to a church. People can be members, they can even be active in a church, and may not necessarily be joined to Jesus. And the crucial thing is remaining in him. We do encourage people to be part of a church and to be active and find service in that. But the primary aim is knowing Jesus and being related to him. It is very clear, Jesus says, I am the true vine. We've looked at this whole series of the I am sayings of Jesus, and if you've been with us, you'll now know, if you didn't know, that that I am is God's name. It's the name God revealed to Moses when he he met him at, at the burning bush. And so when Jesus says, I am, he is claiming equality with God. 
We've done this exercise with the worksheets which have rem reminded us of the I am sayings. I am the good shepherd, I'm the bread of life, I'm the resurrection, I am the door. And now Jesus is saying, I am the true vine. The disciples would have immediately understood what Jesus was saying. Because him using that picture of the vine Throughout their scriptures, which is our Old Testament, the vine was the symbol for the nation of Israel. It was often used as citing their failure to be the people of God as they should have been. And so when Jesus says, I am the true vine... What he's saying is, I'm the real thing. I'm the real deal. I'm genuine. This is, this is what the nation of Israel was meant to be. What the people of God were called to be. I am. It's a bit like uh, our recently uh, anointed and appointed King Charles. If he said, I am the United Kingdom. So I am the health service, I'm the education, I'm the security, I'm the social amenities. In me, I am, well, of course he isn't. Let me take it a step further. And some people have accused me of doing this. If I said, I am the king's church. <laughs> some people have thought that. <laughs> I know it's not true. And people will be horrified, rightly so. Because the church is the, is the embodiment of all that we are. But here is Jesus saying that in himself he embodies all that the people of God were called to be. That's an amazing thing to say, isn't it? He says to his disciples, look at me. I'm real, I'm genuine. In fact, he does say, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. So here he is saying, whoever's seen me has heard me, has met with me. You've witnessed what the people of God were called to be, what they were created to be. That is an astonishing claim when he says, I am the true vine. And we say it repeatedly, and there may be people here who still think it, that Jesus is a mere teacher. He is a person whose example you ought to imitate or to follow. He is a guide amongst many other guides in the world. But Jesus is saying, in me you have a unique being. And he makes unique claims. I am the resurrection. I am the light of the world. And everybody, whether they go to church, whether they're believers or not, eventually everybody has to face the question, who is Jesus? Is he God incarnate? Is he all he claimed to be? Because here again to his disciples, but we proclaim it to the world, Jesus is the true vine. So in this picture, 
uh, I'm going to say four things because he says, I am the true vine, my father is a gardener, and you are the branches. So first of all, and I like using uh, alliteration, it helps me remember what I meant to be saying if nobody else. First of all, it's a very humbling picture, but it's also very heartening. It's a cleansing word, but it's also a cultivating word. Let me refer to how this is very humbling for us in the first place. Because Jesus says, I am the vine. I'm the whole structure. Root, they don't have a trunk, but the upper structure, the branches, the leaves, the fruit. I am all of it. What are you? You're a branch. <laughs> You're not the vine. You're a branch. And that, in a sense, puts us in our place, doesn't it? In Isaiah 42, verse 8, God says through the prophet, I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to another. And his glory is his essential being, who he is. The God who oversees history, the God the source of everything, the God who will bring everything to culmination. He will not give his glory to another. And Jesus is saying, I am the vine. Everything that is in you and through you as a disciple came from me. I'm the source of creation. I'm the author of salvation. So if Jesus says, I am the vine, what do I say? I'm a branch. I'm a branch. Joined to you, but I'm a branch. And that's why he says in verse 4, no branch can bear fruit by itself. I've cut off many branches from the trees that surround our back garden. You leave them on the side, they wither and die. Separate a branch from the, the source of life and it dies. We're mere branches. And I'm, I'm just saying it because sometimes the ethos of the world gets into the church. And we really need to be aware of the cult of the charismatic Christian. Where people want to build a name for themselves. Where they want to bring attention to themselves. John the Baptist got it right. What did he say? He must increase. I must decrease. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. And Paul says, I am what I am by the grace of God. Let no man boast except for in the Lord. I love it when Keith, who's not here, he's still recovering. Um, sometimes when we come to share in communion together, people say, oh, I'm not worthy. And they refuse to do that. And Keith's response is, you're dead right, I'm not worthy. <laughs> You're right, we're not worthy. But he has made us worthy. He has joined us to himself. But what we are and what we can do is only because we're joined to Jesus. But if we're joined to Jesus, everything changes. No branch can bear fruit by itself. You can do nothing without me. But this word is very heartening as well as being humbling. Heartening means it's full of promise, it's full of hope, it's full of encouragement. 
because in verse 5, my translation still has he and him, that sort of thing, but it includes obviously every, every, everybody. So let me tell you, if a person remains in me and I in them, they will bear much fruit. Wow. If we're joined to Jesus, our lives will bear much fruit. So what's the promise here? You can't do it by yourself, but if you're joined to Jesus, you will have a fruitful life. A life that will bear all that God ever planned to produce in and through you. A life, as Jesus said, I came to give you life in all its fullness. You see, and that fruitfulness is the mark of discipleship. It's the evidence that we're joined to Jesus. He said to his own disciples, they'll not know you by your speaking in tongues or your fancy sermons. They'll know you by your fruit. That we're joined to Jesus, we're living in him. Just take a moment to think of the people, Christians, that you've admired, you've respected, you've honoured. The people who have had an impact on your life. What is it about you that just caught your attention? There was some depth of character there. There was some well of wisdom. What they gave out from the fruitfulness of their life. And Jesus says, you'll bear much fruit. Now, the fruit is the person of Jesus. But there's many varieties in that fruitfulness of Jesus. I, I, I'm thinking of an illustration, so I, I thought apples. Not my favourite fruit, but apples. Do you know how many varieties of apples there are? 7,000 in the world. You know that. Did you know that, Lynn? Doesn't surprise you. In this country, so the, what I read... If you can believe the internet. Uh, what I in this country, there are two and a half thousand varieties of apples available. Tesco's doesn't stop them all, I don't think. <laughs> but one fruit, many flavours. And that's what Paul alludes to when he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. He only lists nine characters. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. But it's basically not many fruits but it's the character of Jesus being formed in us. But then what happens, because he's talking to his disciples because he's going to leave them, he's going to send them out. I want you to be fruitful in who you are, your character, but in also what you do. And he'd commissioned them, he'd anointed them to go and spread the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And he's saying, you will be fruitful. And it's amazing even in their day, it was sort of those disciples, they're turning the world upside down. We can't let this go on. What's going to happen? We need to stop this. But since Jesus met with those men and those women in that upper room and the Holy Spirit came, that Jesus has been building his church and the church of Jesus Christ is bigger now than it had ever been. And the life of Jesus is fruitful. We've got testimony in this church of people who've been delivered. We've got people being delivered from addictions. We've been delivered from all sorts of tra traumas in their life. 
people who've been made new in Christ Jesus. And we're transformed people. And that's what the fruitfulness of the, the, the gospel is, that lives changed and becoming like Jesus. And he says, if you remain in me, that'll happen. Apart from me, you can't do it. But if you remain in me, that will happen. It's also a cleansing word, humbling and cleansing. Some years ago, Jane, uh, who was on the video just now, uh, Jane gave me a rose. And it's been in my garden for quite some number of years. And it's produced lovely flowers, uh, except for this year. <laughs> I, I pruned it quite hard at the beginning of the year, and then it just produced shoots and leaves. I thought it was meant to produce roses. So it really was just going wild, so I cut it again. I looked this week, what's it got? Shoots and leaves. <laughs> it's meant to produce roses. <laughs> so I'll try again next year. And that's what Jesus says. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, I cut out. Because as a Christian, you're meant to be fruitful. And if we're not growing in Jesus, we're not standing still, we're dying. Because we're not connected to him. And there's a, a warning there that actually we need to stay connected to the vine. But he prunes, or another verse is cleans. He cleans it up. So it may be more fruitful. Now, in the church, in our church here, but it's true for every church con congregation, sometimes we can get carried away with, quote, quote, the success. But we know, we know, because from our history, we've been here a lot, many years, that sometimes God cleans up the church. So it may be more fruitful. And if it's God doing the pruning, doing the cleaning, that's fine. Because he wants the church to be fruitful. And if, if there are elements in a church which aren't in step with the Holy Spirit, are actually resisting the Holy Spirit, or bringing wrong teaching to the Holy Spirit for the health of the whole being, God needs to clean them out. Because the point is that the life of Jesus should be manifested amongst us and the work of God should be displayed through us. He cleans for our health. The disciples were a bit perturbed by that. He could see the expression on their faith. Oh God, oh Jesus, what are you going to do with us? He said, don't worry. You're already clean by the word I've spoken to you. And if remaining in him, his word is operating in us, he's cleaning us. He's sorting us out. He's putting his finger on the delicate issues. He's touching the areas that maybe we don't want touched. And he's cleaning and refining and purifying. He said, no, no, remain in me. My word will operate in you. It'll cleanse you. But it, if that happens, I'm going to be cultivating you. The word I've spoken to you, that is giving you life. And the word that God speaks to us, and I want to, I, we, in our service this morning, we've honoured Samuel. 
uh, as he's uh, beginning his, his next step in faith. But I'll say it publicly, Samuel is a man who lets the word of God rule in his life. And it's the word of God spoken in good times. <laughs> Go on, you're, doing a, you're, you're on target. Great, let me encourage you more and more. But it's the word of God that we need to hiss and listen to when it's tough times. And it's that word which cultivates the fruit of, uh, of Jesus within us. Had a brief conversation this morning uh, with somebody. And, and when thing, everything seems to be going against us, uh, in every direction, we need to hear what the word of God is saying to us in that situation so that we can be more fruitful. It's not to condemn. It's to actually encourage us to grow. And Jesus has said the, all this to his disciples because in verse 8, he said, I'm telling you all this because this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Those of you who have been around long enough, you know I like the old songs, the old gospel songs. Um, and sometimes we sing it here. And it's one of the favourites, and it says, To God be the glory, great things he has done. And as a branch joined to the vine, our primary purpose is to bring glory to God. It's what Jesus said, Father, I've glorified you on earth, I'm going to glorify you again. Even as he's nailed to the cross, people will see the glory of God. And Jesus says, your branches join to me to be fruitful and I'm going to work and operate in your life so that you can bring glory to God. This is to my Father's glory. That you bear much fruit. In the world in which we inhabit, not just on a Sunday, but everywhere where we go, we're called to display the glory of God to be a fruitful Christian in that circumstance. The character of Jesus operating in good times and in bad times, when people are for us, when people are against us, just as Jesus did in his earthly ministry, he brought glory to God in every situation. But we're also called to be fruitful, to bring glory to God in the extending the work of the kingdom. So in this church, we have these initiatives. You've just heard about the one with the, one, uh, uh, the, the cinema initiative. And we need to be representing Jesus to the world and having a clear testimony and being able to articulate our faith so that others too can be, be, be drawn and joined to Jesus. So he says this to his disciples as he's leaving them and sending them out. And he says, I want God's fruit to grow in you. And I want you to be fruitful in the world. And then we will be the people of God that God created us to be. We will not be a people that we're ashamed when we meet him on the day when he comes again. With boldness and confidence, we can say, Lord, for all that you've done in me and through me, I give you praise for the grace of God that's worked in me. And I just pray that my life will be fruitful 
and bring you glory. Amen. Just going to pray. Thank you, Lord, that that's not theory, that's a living word. It's your word. You spoke it to those people in that situation. You speak it to us now. And I pray that Jesus, your word, then will have the same impact on us as it did then. Thank you that all that we are and all that we have has come from you. We can make no boast. We are what we are solely and only by your grace. But now, Lord, we do pray that you'll work in us to refine, to purify, to cleanse, to strip away that which is wrong or unnecessary so that our lives may be more fruitful in displaying you, Jesus, in every situation. And I pray, Lord, that you will take this company of believers and in Jesus' name, make us fruitful in this town, amongst these villages, Lord, that people will see us and hear us and, and bear witness to, it, to the transforming grace that has worked in us and want to, too, come to know you, the living God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen.